Welcome to the Capital City Crew Podcast. Join your hosts Jeff, Owen, Josh, and Herman as they dive deep into the game of Malifaux. Explore sophisticated strategies and creative combinations, but always remember in Malifaux, bad things happen. All right. Hello, folks, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Capital City Crew Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Best, and I am here joined in studio with Jeff and Josh. Herman is unfortunately away in baby jail. We hope that someday he will be back. But I keep telling him adoption is an option, but apparently I'm a terrible person when I do that. <laughs> I told him to give the baby NyQuil and come play with us, but he doesn't. It, I'm not suggesting he goes work in the mines this time. He's a little young for that. But, yeah, give him a couple, know, like six months at least. Six months. You know. Six months. Yeah, in six months he can he can become a creepy child. Uh, he can become a plague spreader. Just, uh, there's so many options in Malifaux for little children. And, yeah. and he could he could come out of the mines with a tattoo that says "Mom" on it. His mom will be thrilled. Just give him yeah. a big cleaver uh, and a diaper, and a large stuffed toy. Yeah, and he's good to go. Wonderful role models. Yeah, wonderful be, role models oh, all around. I, I propose on the show that we now refer to Herman's baby as Cade. Oof. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been a great Halloween. Um, yeah, happy Halloween, folks, by the way. We're recording this uh, the day after. Hopefully everyone had a great time. Um, the weirdest of holidays. Uh, but yeah, so we are here to talk to you today, uh, to talk to Jeff, really. Um, Ugh, the worst. Yeah, well, I mean, we do our best, but... Uh, but yeah, we're we're hanging with Mr. Cooper today. We're going to talk all about the apex predator of the Explorer Society and learn about uh, why Jeff hates the first Lord Cooper but loves the second Lord Cooper. Strongly uh, dislike first Lord Cooper. Yep. Um, but we'd love to hear from you all in uh, in Facebook, in the comments, uh, by email, uh, by any way to add us or mention us. Tell us whether you like the first Cooper. Or the new Cooper, or both Coopers. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, and, but, and, and we mean that. We would really love to hear your guys' feedback. Because when we post these things, and nobody responds to it, we wonder if it's really worth it. <laughs> no, we but, don't. We know it's worth it. Do people we? do listen to it. So, you know, so we have that. Uh, you know, and we had our, like, our brief number one podcast in uh, in Eastern Europe for, for one week. Uh, but anyways... Before we get into hanging with Mr. Cooper, uh, Josh is here to tell us about a spicy, disgusting, gross uh, tech talk, um, a strategy that he employed in the most recent post-World Series Vassal League. Um, just a brief shout out to the Vassal Discord group. Um, if you were looking to play and you are still stuck quarantined like some of us, um, you should check out Vassal. You should check out the Vassal Discord because they organize tournaments and events all the time. And uh, they're a great source of, of awesome activities. And that, that group is fantastic. So, Josh, take it away. Tell us about your absolutely gross and disgusting play that you did. Just because it's McMorning doesn't mean it's gross and disgusting. Yes, it does. Okay, maybe it does. No, this was the uh, the last round of, of last month's Vassal Tournament. It was actually a uh, McMorning 1 versus McMorning 2 pseudo-mirror match. Uh, 
for the the bronze podium position. Um, I was McMorning two. My opponent was McMorning once. It was a great game, um, but in it, uh, I got to leverage one of the uh, most enjoyable things to, that you can get uh, from McMorning, which is a no target number obey, uh, which by way of the nurses and their seduction ability. Um, normally, seduction found on multiple different models. Uh, strips focus, gives the model distracted. Nurses get the small favorite trigger. Uh, mass trigger, model has to be poisoned. Uh, but then it's just basically an obey. Uh, there's no target number on seduction, so as long as you have the mask, which you can casually get for nurses using tools for the job, uh, you can just obey models. Uh, friendly ones don't have to can just relent and you automatically pass even if you have the black joker very easy to do um downside is it gives you distracted fortunately uh as if planned when they were uh, assembling the models in this crew the rogue necromancy just has a built-in positive flip on his attack so if you're willing to just suck up only making a regular stat six attack instead of a stat six positive flip attack you can just get two free extra attacks out of uh, your rogue necromancy each turn. More if you really want to, because you can take McMorning 2 and plastic surgery uh, seduction onto other models. Uh, it's less flexible because they don't have tools for the job like nurses do, but you can just put multiple uh, attacks through the same model. And um, the neat thing about small favor as opposed to obey, there's no once per turn restriction on it. You can just, you can just spam it. You can just spam yeah. it. I was just looking at that for the once return. I was like, nope, no, it doesn't have it because it normally is somewhat costly having poison three. We're giving them distracted, but yeah, needing, needing the trigger, but you can just bake in the trigger. (laughs) Yep. So, uh, that, that was used in the rogue necro versus rogue necro showdown where rogue necro came out ahead. It was pretty good. Um, there are other models that you can also do this with if you take, like, Bette Noir, because she also has a built-in positive flip on her, her melee attack, and she actually works really well in a McMorning 2 crew. So Yeah, but how um, often is she going to have Poison 3? Uh, you can just put Poison 3 on her. It's what, like, one damage at the end of the round if you uh, just have Poison 3, Poison 4 on her. I guess Poison 4 is 2 damage, but it's easy enough to do. Honestly, if you're not careful... You could just do it by accident. Uh, doesn't she with, have like four life or something? She has seven. Oh, she has okay. she has seven and built in uh, fade away on defense and willpower. So, you know, you got to be cognizant of uh, what's around and what can threaten her. But most things won't get multiple swings on her unless she's stunned, um, which was a risk in the McMorning versus McMorning matchup because uh, nurses have stun on their melee attack. Uh, but yeah. McMorning 2 really likes those nurses. Uh, Rogue Necromancy really likes those nurses. All in all, uh, very solid. Great way to focus a lot of AP through a single uh, very strong model in the Rogue Necromancy. Well, in, so I'm looking at the Rogue Necro, and with its pouncing strike trigger, you, you can't get it off the obey because it's an attack generated by a trigger. But if you include its own turn, it's potentially attacking six times with a stat six, three, four, five. Like that's, that's pretty rough uh, damage output. Are you, when you played this and when you've done it before, are you typically using it for the melee attack or you, do you ever use the vomit 
projectile attack? Largely the melee attack. The vomit did come up uh, as since it was two melee beater crews. We had a very cagey approach on the first the first turn, um, but largely min three stat six positive flip attack is uh, the way to go. Um, duping it with McMorning, putting it on other models. Uh, nurses are also great with tools for the job. If you put the uh, plastic surgery attack onto the nurse, they can, again, discard for a mask to auto-trigger pouncing strike to get uh, 4 AP out of your 6 soulstone model. Very efficient. That seems good. I will say, uh, the rogue necromancy's projectile vomit attack is... Uh is one of the few models where projectile vomit is actually a decent attack with it because it can do necrotic decay to itself to do a min three damage on it. So it's not horrible on him. For the rest of them, it is kind of horrible. Well, then you can heal itself with the poison, like what it would suffer poison. So I think it's really good on Drowned um, because you can fire that into a crowd of incorporeal models and you don't really care where the blasts go. Uh, all your incorporeal stuff takes zero from that, and as a result, don't take the distracted and don't take the poison. Uh, and you can spread around distracted and poison, and with the drowned, also create hazardous terrain. Um, good for Cry 1, who can summon drown. I haven't tried them in Cry 2 yet. Um, normally they're really slow, but she makes everything really fast. Are we talking about McMorning, or are we talking about Cooper? I'm talking about uh, models with um, projectile vomit. Maybe if you had some of those, it would be better. Uh, I do. I've had two kids. They had projectile vomiting at some point. Oh, always getting back to that. Look forward to that, Herman. Hold on a second. Shout out to Weird. Can we make Baby Kate have a projectile vomit attack? I mean, it seems on theme that a baby would projectile vomit. Right? Like Exorcist style. That would be awesome. That would. Mm. You have questionable taste. Questionable taste. I'm not Uh, eating the vomit. Although it is great flavor. All right. Onward to Cooper. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Well, actually, wait, wait. Before we move on, did you win? Yes. You got the bronze? I got the bronze. Yeah. It's a close game. Really enjoyable. All right. Uh, Second place loser. Oh, wait. Good job. Good job, Josh. That's awesome. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Hey, you are placing more in tournaments than any of the rest of us, so congrats. So I will say, in a lot of Malavo tournaments, the saying of you're not first, you're last does not apply, because even last place gets the wooden spoon a lot of the times. So if you're last place, you actually achieve more than if you weren't or weren't anywhere other than first. I mean, I would take third over last, personally, but that's just me. Uh, but anyways, sp- Let's uh, let's move on to being at the top, if you will, the pinnacle, or in other words, the apex. Oh, wah, 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 and talk about Mr. Cooper One. Um, but before we do that, one quick shout out to our friends at Bigger Hat, uh, the Malfo website, biggerhat.net, for their recent update. Um, actually, I think it's like a month ago, but their somewhat recent update that shows both cards at the same time it is super awesome and fantastic so if any of y'all are listening great job looks looks awesome and it's a great reference for all of the spoiled cards that are not yet in the app 
Uh, although perhaps by the time you're listening to this episode, they will be in the app. We shall see. I don't know when they're actually adding them. Um, but anyways, yes, Lord Cooper, take it away. Jeff, give us the, give us the kind of like high level. Who's Elevator Lord Cooper? Pitch. Yeah. What's the pitch for Lord Cooper? Like, why do you want him slash apex in general? So you're hanging with Lord Cooper or hanging with Mr. Cooper. If uh, you like guns uh, and you like beasts, if you're a big fan of hunting, uh, a big game hunting, you, you saw those people out of the Savannah and you wanted to go hunt some lions yourself. Uh, it's basically the thought process behind Lord Cooper. He enjoys uh, going out and hunting the game of Malo or the game of all of Malifaux and the wilds of Malifaux. Uh, his prized hunt is actually Marcus in the lore. Uh, he's trying to hunt down and track Marcus so he can kill him. And I don't know if he wants to like stuff him and have a Marcus doll or what, but uh, that's who he's after. And he is like, he is like Mecca Teddy Roosevelt crossed with like, get out Bradley Cooper in like his, his look. Yeah. He, he does have that banjo playing look to him. Where he's like, how y'all doing? Oh, he just looks like stately. Teddy Roosevelt is the best. Sorry, sorry. For him. Brad, Bradley Whitford, not Bradley Cooper. Uh, I was supposed to say Bradley Cooper. You were like, what? <laughs> no, no. Like, like uh, with Lady, is, is he out there on the hunt with Lady Gaga singing to him? No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, cool. So, okay. So guns, guns check. That's good. We like guns. Guns and beasts. Uh, I, I don't usually get beasts in Outcast, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. yeah, so let's, let's talk about OG Mr. Cooper a little bit. Um, I know you weren't a huge fan. I had always heard him described as a good master for people getting into the game. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that take, uh, but it's a take I've heard. Um, I can see that. Thoughts? Um, and the problem is if you start off with original Lord Cooper, just getting into the game, I, I can see that as being a good thing, um, but also a bad thing because you're eventually going to start losing because there are the nuances within his crew. So the original Mort, uh, Lord Cooper, he focuses on the adversary condition, uh, trying to make his crew better by leveraging, leveraging predatory instincts. Uh, I'm not going to read off to you what it does uh, or read off to you cards, but you get to swap a negative to the attack for a positive to the damage or vice versa. Um, and that's good. His gun is a very good attack. Uh, but generally with him on a good turn, you're only going to get two shots off. You're usually going to do something like move, shoot, focus, and then he uses bonus action to shoot again. Uh, and that's usually going to be what his turn is consisting of. Um, those are really big shots. That's a three, five, seven damage spread. And if you get that adversary on it, you get that pause to the flip to damage. That is so. I'm, right now, ignoring just, cover, range fourteen, stat six. Like this seems pretty good. So yeah. I'm, I'm only gonna, uh, gonna. I'm not gonna go into the rest of his crew, but him by himself is actually not that great of a master. And the, the, the gun is good. So I'll go over some of the good things that he has for him. Um, first, his his melee attack is only good for like something on a minion or an enforcer level, not necessarily for a master. It's got this neat uh, 
part to it where he gets to ignore a uh, train mark or he gets to remove a train mark or receive a plus to this action. Well, the train markers that you move, you make within this crew are uh, severe hazardous and the hazardous is one damage and one injured. So you're usually not going to be within one inch of those because they're dangerous to Cooper himself as well. And then if you want to remove it, like you typically want those around for a reason. Uh, but it does a damage track of two, three, five. Uh, the main uh, trigger is pretty cool on it where you can make him discard a card. His good attribute, though, is his gun. Um, it's got an awesome damage track of three, five, seven. It ignores cover. The downside to his gun is that it does not ignore friendly fire and it does not ignore concealment, which is a big problem because if you have, uh, as an example, uh, somebody from the uh, Ivan crew, uh, that's in combat, you're not hitting it with Cooper because you're going to still going to be, even if you put adversary on it, you're still going to be at a negative. And the fact that it doesn't ignore either concealment or friendly fire is genuinely a problem for Lord Cooper. Um, I would have liked to have seen him ignore one of those two. Maybe he ignores friendly fire or something along that line. But that's the reason why his gun is not overly good. But his major downside uh is that the eyes on the prize ability, he can't get distracted, which is good, but he also cannot take a disengage action, which means that when somebody gets into melee with him, he's stuck there until he kills it or somebody else moves him. And as I mentioned, his melee attack is not all that great. It's a two, three, five. So if you get stuck in with something like Eric from Outcasts, who just rocket jumps over them and stands next to you, you're doing one damage to him each time. And, there's not a whole lot Cooper can do to get away, and he's effectively shut down for that entire game. Um, I have based Cooper with uh, Anya like Karen, and there's just nothing he can do to get out. Yeah, because I think he has some models in the crew, or can get access to things with uh, "I've got your back." Mm, can't do much with the hostile work environment around you. Yep, there there's a lot of ways that you can shut this Cooper down, where. Uh, I mean, he's got armor, so he can live. Uh, he's immune to distracted. That's all good things. Um, but his next attack, he can only do his Nitro Express Rifle once per, uh, per turn, twice if you use his bonus action for it. Uh, his Explosive Ordnance isn't that great of a, uh, a shot. And what's really weird is the Express Rifle has a 14-inch range, whereas Explosive Ordnance only has an 8-inch range. Those two things don't add up together. We already mentioned he doesn't want to be in melee, so you probably want to keep him at a max range if possible. So you're not going to be able to shoot with the explosive ordnance after you shoot with your express rifle. So he's very kind of disjointed in how he works. His foul mouth motivation is actually pretty good, but it only has a six inch range. So this master that you want to keep kind of at a large range so you don't get into melee now has these shorter range abilities that you usually aren't using a whole lot. Foulmouth motivation is good on the first turn because you can use the trigger to make it move your guys. But in general, he's he's very he's like a weird combination of things that don't work together. Uh, and I've never really liked him because of that. Like I, I like his crew, I just don't like him. Um, and he he feels like a broken Rube Goldberg. I'll mention some of the other abilities that you can do later when I get to his his crew that help him a little bit more. But it's still all very Rube Goldberg-y, and it's not, it doesn't work out well. So, if the other guy is too complicated, doesn't quite mesh together, 
what did they change to make him work? <laughs> so I love the new Lord Cooper, uh, Huntmaster. And the reason why is several of the things that I just mentioned, they completely 180'd on. Uh, they went from him where he just tries to increase the damage of the crew around him to where he is actually a support master for his crew. He still has a good damage output. His hunter's bow is still a 245 damage track, and he can still give out adversary beast every time he shoots something, which is pretty cool. Um, his bow ignores friendly fire, which is one of the highlights that I mentioned before. Uh, so he can shoot into combats without any, those negatives. He doesn't ignore uh, cover anymore, but that's fine because I would rather hit you at a negative than not hit you at all. Um, he has depths of Malifaux. So when we mentioned those uh, pit traps earlier, they don't affect him anymore. So he can walk in and out of pit traps. He can stand in a pit trap to keep himself protected, where if you want to come into the pit trap, every time you take an action, you're taking one damage and one injured, and that's usually a death sentence for you. Uh, he has lead the hunt. So every time he obeys a model, uh, or every time a model makes an action outside of its turn generated by a friendly effect, he gets plus one to its duel. And the big thing he has is sent for blood, uh, which several other models have right now, but it's uh, after he damages an enemy model, you can discard a tar card to make a friendly beast take an attack against the enemy model uh, and the damage flow on it is a negative, but you know. Um, I think you're leaving out stealth. Having yep. a master, a ranged gun master <laughs> with stealth well, it's is not, epic. That's it's, so good. It's not, it's not just the stealth. So he has stealth, so you can't target him from six inches away. But he can also put up his own uh, pit trap markers, which I already mentioned. Uh, his, this crew heavily focuses on these pit traps. But he's got a trigger with his pit trap of smoke screen, where until the end of the phase, enemy models that are within one inch of the uh, pit trap marker, which is a 50 millimeter marker, suffer a negative to the first action they make while they're around that marker. So if he puts it in between him and you, and you have to get within six inches of him in order to target him. There's that pit trap there. And then if you manage to like rush in on him, you're at a negative for your attack and you're taking the damage. For, like he's just overall better protected than just having armor. Uh, so in general, he's so much better, but his attack, uh, he has more options too. Uh, call of the wild where he can make a friendly beast, take a, a, a move action or a built-in trigger to where they can make a charge action. And then the scent of blood combined with his hunter's bow, where he can make a, a model's attack uh, afterwards, beasts uh, specifically. He still has the built-in trophy hunter trigger with his hunter's bow. So if he kills you, he still gets to drop that ski marker. Uh, but he also has my loyal servant uh, on it that's on a ram where he can heal the model, which the Malosaurus Rex usually takes a lot of damage, and he can heal it back up. So... In general, the new Lord Cooper is a full package of good things. The only thing that I would have liked to have changed is I would like to swap the skinning knife for the previous melee attack where I can get rid of a marker that's near him to do a positive to damage. Uh, but you can't be in a perfect world with all of this stuff. It's, uh... I'm sorry, your amazing range master didn't also get an amazing uh, gun attack. Who do you think he is? Or uh, amazing melee attack. Who do you think he is? Leviticus? Seriously. Uh, <laughs> Nerf Leviticus. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, the bad parts about the second, Lord, the first Lord Cooper, I think we went in, uh, went through. Um, first Lord Cooper, I will say his uh, his triggers that he has 
on that gun are outstanding where he can ignore uh, hard to kill and uh, demise abilities. Um, and the uh, there's another trigger that's really good on it. I forgot what it was. Um, this Drop Lord a scheme marker. Oh, no, but he new one. No, has the, that the new one has that. He has another one that's uh, draw two cards, new- discard a card. That's it, uh, where he gets a little bit of card draw in it. Uh, the new Lord Cooper, his downside is that he requires uh, positioning. Um, he has to position a little bit better than the old Lord Cooper. Uh, and his crew becomes very card hungry with the scent of blood ability and a lot of the other discards in his crew. So you're going to have to include things uh, like the Vitagi Huntsman to get some of that card draw. Yeah, did he have enough to keep up with it? Like, is there enough card draw in the crew to adequately fuel a a uh, crew that is not only discarding two, three cards around for Scent of Blood, but also making all those extra attacks? Or are you at that point just relying on top decking an adversary to uh, actually land the hits? Uh, you're usually uh, relying on adversary to land some of the hits. Uh, most of the things in his crew are hitting at a high stat value, but the Vitagi Huntsmen do give him some card draw. Uh, he's got a couple of other ways to car- uh, to draw some cards as well. Uh, but in general, uh, you're looking at deleting a model or two a turn, uh, and then your hand's going to be gone. So you're going to be looking at the pit traps to help protect your guys uh, to keep them away from you. And I imagine the severe injury trigger on the bow is helping out in the overall accuracy, uh, making even those low top decks be good when your opponent's stat is... Three, two. Exactly. They're uh, not just the severe injury trigger on his bow, but also the traps uh, causing injured as well. Uh, is like you're usually hitting at a, a low amount. Uh, there are all, uh, other things in his crew that also pump out injured as well. So uh, injured is a running theme. Uh, making discard, uh, you're making your opponent discard things is a running theme, uh, as well as uh, getting surprise attacks out of nowhere uh, is also one of his themes. So. Uh, he's very good at, he's kind of a pseudo obey master in how he works uh, and how he supports his crew. So uh, I, and if anyone that's listened to the podcast before, I love obey masters. So he kind of fits into that niche. I have to say, yeah, looking at new Cooper and old Cooper side by side, I can definitely see the appeal. Like he, and you didn't even mention that on his, on new Cooper's melee attack, it has a trigger to push the model he attacked towards a pit trap. So potentially pushing them away so he can then use his gun. Or yeah. His, I was, was going to mention that later after we talk about our core, but uh, that's one of the good things is if he gets stuck in a melee, like old Cooper, you get into melee. He's just kind of there unless somebody else in his crew comes around to help you out. This Cooper, if he gets stuck in melee first, he because you're usually laying down traps, he can hit you and push you towards a trap. He does have the op- option of disengaging if he wants, or he can look at another beast that's six inches away and say, you charge this thing. Like There's a lot of things he can do when he's uh, stuck in melee where the other one is literally, I'm going to hit you with my thing that's going to hit you for very little. Like It's not a good trade-off in this Cooper is just phenomenally better than the other one. When he's plus one move and plus one wound. So it seems overall better. Uh, let's let's come back to this when we talk about overall strategy after the core crew. But I, I am curious if there's a time when you ever take OG Lord Cooper or like, is he just straight up better version? So, but hold, hold that. 
And uh, why don't we go to a quick break and we come back, we'll talk about the not necessarily great, but certainly one of the most unique totems that there is in Malifaux. So stick with us and we'll be right back. Hello. Do you like our podcast and want to ensure that it continues to run? Maybe you want to hear our outtakes on unedited footage. Or perhaps you're just flush with cash and you like being generous. Either way, we've set up a Patreon just for you. If you like us, please consider donating. Our Patreon can be located in the show notes. If not, we're all pretty sure that it's Harmon's fault. Either way, if you like our show, go ahead and leave us a comment. Thanks. All right, welcome back from that exciting break. And uh, we're going to talk to you all. None of that. None of that. We'll see you the light of day. Yeah, n- none of the stuff we just recorded. Um, but uh, but yeah, welcome back. And we're going to talk about the core Apex crew. Jeff's going to tell us what his always take models are. And then he's going to talk about his various somewhat long list of tech picks. Uh, but we're going to get it started with the totems. So the totems for Lord Cooper, I, I have to say, one of the more unique ones in the game and yeah they're a pain in the butt they they went through a lot of iterations we we can't really talk about you know the original beta of this but i I do remember like these guys always from the start were like oh wow this is a really interesting concept of like deadliest game like they're sort of almost like helping your opponent like they, they went through a lot of iterations but Tell us about where they ended up, the runaways, what they do, what these crazy wild totems are like. Sure. So you have to take three of them because you have to. Um, and at, actually, you know what? Do you have to? Is there a rule that says you have to take a totem? That's an interesting question. That is a good question. I'll look this up while you keep telling us about them. All right. But... Uh, Assuming that you have to take them, I don't think you actually have to take a totem, but assuming that you have to take them, uh, at best, they're a soul stone uh, for you or a free scheme marker anywhere on the board and some card draw. Usually, all they are are three pass tokens for your enemy uh, every turn until they start dying off. So the interesting thing about them is when they die, they give a enemy, if they die from an enemy hands, they give adversary apex to the enemy that cannot end while a friendly Lord Cooper can see the model. Um, if a friendly Lord Cooper kills them, they get he gets a soul stone. And if by some grace of God, you get them across the board into the enemy's deployment zone uh, within four inches of a table quarter, uh, then you can draw hands to your maximum hand size and drop a ski marker anywhere on the table. I've only done this once in the, I don't know, like 10 to 15 games I've played Cooper. Uh, because nobody lets runaways run through their, their like it just doesn't happen. So uh, they're not hard to kill, uh, but they have just enough uh, wounds on them to be annoying uh, for somebody. My best suggestion, uh, aside from a random tech thing that I'll mention later, is use them as a speed bump. Run them into your enemy and use them to stall them getting close to you uh, is the best move that I can say. Uh, I've seen people that play Lord Cooper that decide that they're just going to shoot their runaway to get a soul stone back for it. But your master only has roughly 15 AP throughout the game. 
And if you spend roughly three of that AP at a minimum killing these things just to get a soul stone back, are you using your master's AP effectively? Probably not. So I would use these guys as just a rough uh, tar pit. And if you can manage to get the tome trigger off where uh, Cooper gets a free attack on them, that's awesome. If not, then just let your enemies deal with them because they can go and tie things up. They got a zero inch engagement range and they start on the enemy or uh, on the center line. So they're already part, part of the way there. Um, just use them as a distraction for your opponent. You didn't really pay for them. They're just there for free. And the sooner they die, the better to not give your opponents free uh, fast tokens. All right. So the verdict is from the core rule book. I don't see anything that says you must tire totems. It no, just... you don't have to take your totem. Yeah. Uh, I've frequently considered not taking a curio with cry one. When so you can just it could summon be the tar- it. Yeah. If, if it could be the target of a scheme like Vendetta, uh, yep. Kira is a really good Vendetta target because she's expensive but fragile. So yep. if you just don't have her in your crew initially, they can't pick her as a target. Um, but I, I don't think I'd ever not take these guys. Uh, like, sure, you give your opponent's pass tokens, and maybe I'm very blasé about that because I play summoners. Um, but they are adequate speed bumps. Four wounds puts them out of one-shot, like, easy one-shot range. They have to either get lucky or put a moderate card to it to to one-shot them for most things. So I would have rather them been three wounds so that Cooper could have one-shot them easily. Them being four wounds is right at that level where I'm like, it's too much effort for me to kill it with Cooper. And it's like... That so run, I, run them through a pit trap. Run them through a pit trap. If you, yeah. you want to kill your own dudes, just put them through the wood chipper first. And then uh, when they come out the other side, uh, they'll be just like primed cooper one murder fodder i wish that they had made them to where all of your crew could treat them as enemies but only lord cooper gets to treat them as an enemy like what did these guys do to you they ran away (laughs) well but so all right so let's let's think briefly on like deployment zones though so if you're on corner (laughs) you you put them in on the side right like they're already on your flanks they can start on the center line, right? Like, so you can deploy them in the corners. Uh-huh. So then, like, either your opponent is, like, dedicating AP to messing with these guys, or they are just bum-rushing your opponent's deployment zone, which they only need to go... Let's see, if they're on the center line in the corner, they, in, what, one walk, two walks they can get within four of the deployment zone. And then it's four inches of the table corner. So yeah. they need to have three. Oh, to the do corner. It. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it was the just the deployment 18. zone, these guys would be excellent, but it's in the deployment zone oh, and four inches within the table corner, which is really hard to do. <laughs> if yeah. it was just within four inches of the deployment zone and they got all those benefits for it, that would be ridiculous. Like, I, so it's, I, it's three walks in it. Okay. So generally then it's three walks. And so on their second, assuming they just run in a straight line with no intervening terrain, they go 10 inches, turn one, then five, and then they're within four of a corner, and then they remove themselves to drop a ski marker and draw cards. Yeah. Or your opponent has wasted AP 
chasing them down or shooting them or going after them. Like that doesn't seem bad. So what actually usually happens is you move your runaways forward to try to get them in position because they're just uh, miscellaneous uh, movements and they, you got their opponent got pass tokens for them. So you need to start moving things. Um, And what your opponent will do is because he's trying to get into position, he'll usually, instead of walking forward, he'll charge or walk and then charge because they're kind of in the way. Uh, and most things that are decent have a one inch range. So they'll charge, hit the runaway once and then do their next walk. And then the next model will activate and charge, kill the runaway and then walk. Like, and they, they just do their normal actions of I'm going to walk forward. And they, they just kind of hit the dude on the way. So mm. <laughs> it, it's not what you can do is you can kind of keep them a little, hidden and the only problem with this tactic is you're giving your opponent three pass tokens every turn because you're doing it you can leave them a little out of the way like behind buildings and things like that where they can't just charge them along the way they have to actually go out of the way to get to them but then you're looking at turn three at the soonest that they're going to be able to try to get into the deployment zone and keep in mind escape is not a bonus action it's a normal action action. so like there, there's a lot of downsides to these guys. And if you manage the, like if you work really hard at it, you can use escape. You can get like maybe one of one if you're lucky too, but they're not there. You get them for free. They're not something to write home about. They're not the greatest thing in the world, uh, but they can be used as random bumps in the road. And maybe you get lucky and the, your opponent flips bad and they tie something up for a little bit. Well, the, the other thing is the call for help bonus action Give target enemy distracted. After resolving, Lord Cooper takes a free shot at them, ignoring friendly fire. Yep. Like, like you could potentially free kill them. Uh, would you like to know the downside to that? Four inch range with a stat of four. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's 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 not great, but it's potentially potentially your opponents eating a card right like yeah so those things come into play like the call for help that's why i said you can kind of leave them around hidden behind buildings a little bit because they can do do for call for help in like turns two or three when your opponent wants to keep his cards and not waste it on something like this or he's already using his cards in the turn but you then like i said you've started giving your opponent pass tokens that so now in turn two if you manage to start doing this type of stuff, he's going to hold those tokens. So he gets the first turn on turn three when the battle's at its fiercest. And like, it, 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 they just, they're a liability a lot of the times. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad. They're just kind of there. Um, you, sometimes you need a soul stone and Cooper can just take a pot shot and kill one of them. And you know, Hey, that's awesome. But they're, they're, they're there. <laughs> Why isn't hunting humans for sport more advantageous? Honestly? I know, right? Like, what would have been cool is if they gave Cooper a blast and he could shoot into these dudes and blast off of them into others. No, that would be terrible. Why? Why would you even suggest that? That, that sounds that sounds terrible. That was the resurrectionist <laughs> motto, and uh, it was humans. it was it was one of the greatest things that they removed from uh, in third edition. Being able to blast off yourself. What the heck? <laughs> All right. Uh, now to get away from the runaways, uh, one of the best models in the crew, uh, unsurprisingly, is the Malasaurus Rex, which is another one of the core 
uh, pieces, I will usually always take a Malasaurus Rex. And the reason why is because this thing is a beast of a model, both the model itself and its stats. Um, it's immune to hazardous and severe terrain. So when you're playing around those pit trap markers that you're putting down, he doesn't have to worry about sidestepping around them. Um, he can also move through other units. He's got 12 wounds. He's terrifying 12 and hard to wound, which means that most things aren't going to be able to take him out in an activation. Even dedicated melee damaging masters are going to have a hard time taking a Malasaurus Rex out in one turn. Uh, but he's he comes with a min 3 stat 6 ruthless attack, uh, the rampage trigger uh, where he can do an additional point of damage and move around, or he can heal himself. He potentially has three attacks per turn with his uh, pull attack and the trigger on it. Uh, he's got an AoE attack all around him uh, that uh, increases in the size of it. He's one of the few models in the game that can get to a three-inch engagement range after using that ability, where he legitimately has a three-inch engagement range. Um, a couple of cute little tricks you can do. Uh, don't overlook his wild hunt ability. Uh, I'll mention several things later uh, in the different things that I take in his crew that the wild hunt uh, comes in favor, particularly giving plus crows to anything that he's engaged with. And his charge range is actually seven inches uh, whenever uh, he charges. So when you have him move with Lord Cooper, uh, Huntmaster, the second edition, uh, you can actually make him charge, even though there's, there's no target, to have him move seven inches up the board. Uh, so there's a couple of cute little things you can do with the Malasaurus. But in general, he's he's your outstanding tank beater model of the group. So this quick question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. this is what really leverages the uh, beast uh, synergy from Cooper, too. A lot of people say that. And I'm not going to say that that the Malasaurus Rex is, is not the the shining pinnacle on the team, but I think people overlook Uller. Uller is outstanding uh, with the second uh, with the Huntmaster, but I'll get to him in a minute. But yeah, the Malasaurus Rex uh, being able to uh, charge around, getting free attacks out of it, um, getting you know shooting at uh, things and making the Malasaurus Rex attack again. That he's really good. So my question, slightly tangential here, but the Malasaurus Rex, in addition to being Apex, is both a beast and a fae. Uh, do you, as also an Everborn player, like do you see Malasaurus Rex making it into any of your Neverborn lists? Um, yes, uh, I actually take him with Titania because he's just a good model in, gen in general. But on top of that... Uh, Titania can bring Marcus as a second master and Marcus can put upgrades onto the Malasaurus Rex. Yeah, that seems pretty good. You got like a flying... Yep, you can put armor on him. Uh, armor, you can Malasaurus. Uh, make it to where when he attacks, he applies adversary beast when you're working with Neverborn. There's all kinds of tricks that you can do with the Malasaurus Rex with Marcus. Uh, uh, he can have butterfly jump. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but he can. You get little butterfly wings, put them on your T-Rex. Yeah, I mean, basically. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but that's that's under Titania. Yes, there's reasons why you would take her with Titania, specifically because that same ability that I mentioned, the uh, Wild Hunt that gives the plus crows. Crows are the trigger in Titania's crew that uh, I think it's called Into Thorns, uh, where they get plus one damage if they're next to a... Uh, 
the concealed underbrush part. marker. Oh, thank you, the underbrush marker. Uh, and for some strange reason, Weird did not build that that suit in to most of the crew. Uh, so, like, that's what strange. they they didn't build in critical strike on every single model. What? But it's not <laughs> critical strike. It's critical strike <laughs> if a piece of terrain is near you. Oh, uh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. The underbrush markers, where you just get them for free, and then can also create more during the course of the game. Yeah, those hugely limited resource, very difficult to get out. Well, you know what? Weird disagreed <laughs> with you, Josh, and thought that the uh, Fey crew could use that crow all the time, so they gave us the Malasaurus Rex. Ugh. Ugh. Good old Malasaurus. It seems like uh, I. It's interesting because I've not honestly played against a lot of these. I guess Jeff, we need to to play some uh, some Lord Cooper games. Mostly, it's been spiders and bugs and or insects or whatever. Um, <laughs> Josh has uh, it ate whatever something of Josh's. They yeah. are arachnids. Yeah, but thank uh, you very much. But yeah, but the it seems like okay, the counterplay for Malasaurus is that it's a size four defense four model, so you're just like shoota shoota. So usually that is the case, but the Malasaurus is if you've ever played Resurrectionists, the Malasaurus Rex plays more like a Resurrectionist. It has high wounds, it has terrifying, and it's hard to wound. So even though it has low defense, you're not going, like, that 12 wounds is hard to chip through when you're doing min damage each time. And you have to pass the terrifying to get through it. So he can't be taken down easily. Gross. I think it's appropriately resilient for a 10 stone model, uh, unless you tech against it. And you'll know whether or not your opponent has ready access to that particular attack to, to Ruthless, to ignore a hard wound, uh, to min three. Uh, all of those things make the Malasaurus Rex just a very sad guy. What's interesting about Cooper's crew is if you tech for the Malasaurus Rex, he has two different models that he can take that can tie up your opponent, or the opponents, the Malasaurus Rex and Model 9. And they have two completely different defenses. One of them is high defense with armor 2. The other one's uh, low defense with terrifying 12 and hard to wound. So you got the best of both worlds that you can bring in to the crew, which is kind of nice. But obviously if it's Huntmaster, uh, he's probably bringing the Malasaurus Rex every time. All right, so talk to us about uh, the two best boys of the of the Apex crew, Artemis and Euler. So uh, if you bring them, you're going to bring both of them. Uh, Artemis and Euler are 12 soul stones for what's probably the best scheme running pair in the entire game. Downside is they're very fragile. Um, we'll talk about Artemis first. She can move 18 inches in a turn uh, or move 12 inches and interact. She's unimpeded. She can have a three, four, six damage track with a ram trigger, uh, and she has intimidating roar, which I don't feel gets used enough. Uh, you can use it to push your own model six inches in the beginning of the game, or you can push enemy minions to give them slow. Uh, if you have that uh, wild hunt ability on an opponent from uh, the Malasaurus Rex that we mentioned, uh, when you use it on a minion, you can uh, push it through a trap. Uh, that's there to give uh, a friendly model focus while you're pushing it. It's the crow that's uh, built into it. Then have the Malasaurus Rex push back into engagement with it. Um, and he also has, uh, Ar- she, Artemis, uh, also has the ability to remove all scheme markers within the three-inch three aura while being able to drop a trigger on its own so it can completely mess up uh, a, a scheme that you were planning on running while also putting down something of its own, which is really good. 
But where she really shines is when she's paired with Uller, who is the wonder dog. Um, a lot of people look at Artemis and think Artemis is the better of the two because it has a nimble and can uh, do free walks and gets around the board really quickly. But Artemis, uh, can, when teamed, uh, or Uller, when teamed with Artemis, can literally move across the entire board in one turn. Uh, it has uh, by your side, so it can uh, put in uh, discard a card to put in base contact with a non-minion model, which Artemis is a non-minion. Uh, it, he gives hard to wound to everything within two inches of itself, which is just phenomenal. Um, he also has the ability that can remove uh, ski markers within three inches, but he gets gives himself focus for each one. Not that great considering uh, his damage track is one, two, three, so focus on him isn't that great. Uh, but he can also push a model four inches and give that model focus uh, with one of its abilities. Uh, but his big thing he has is his attack action. It's only a one, two, three with staggered, but he has got a hold down trigger on it, which is a crow. So Wild Hunt will help you put this into place. And Wild or, uh, the hold down trigger may, allows you to make a ranged attack from another uh, Apex-friendly uh, model within range. So you could, this is where both Cooper 1 and Cooper 2 can get additional shots with that huge rifle or with his uh, gun and... Uh, get those additional shots off, which is just phenomenal. So when we talked about uh, Cooper 2 earlier, where he can discard a card to make uh, Uller take an attack, that means that when Uller attacks, because it wasn't a trigger that uh, that triggered the secondary attack, he can then get the Crow trigger to make Cooper attack a second time. So for each AP, you can now attack twice, which is phenomenal. That, that seems good. I am that curious... Is- about though, like why, like why is Uller one more health and one more defense than Artemis? He, he's the melee dog because he also technically has hard to wound because he's within his own aura. So the melee dog is supposed to tie things up, uh, while Artemis is supposed to be more the scheme runner. Basically, is kind of the thought process behind it. Hmm. He he was the dog in the dog fighting ring, where Artemis was the one that was in the house. Gotcha. Sorry, what were you about to say, Josh? Uh, I was going to say, in in that single activation, you have now chewed through half your hand, discarding the cards to make... having Cooper attack, to make Uller attack, to make Cooper attack, to make Uller attack. Just back and forth forever. It sounds delightful. Mm, yes, but if your master dies afterwards, it's probably worth it. Yeah, Not let's, my master, your master. Yeah, let's... <laughs> let, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't didn't you read the rule of Cooper attack three times in a turn and dies? That's just yeah. that's just no, no, that, that, that was Cooper one. Oh yeah. So the the way you get around that is the other always take. I always take at least one Vitagi Huntsman. Uh, I consider them the utility infielder of the whole group. Um, when he activates, uh, if he's uh, within two inches of a friendly Apex model, he gets to draw a card. Uh, which kind of helps with that issue. Uh, sometimes I'll take more than one Vitagi Huntsman. But uh, he can also create traps as a bonus action. As me- his attack, melee attack isn't all that great, um, but his other two abilities are actually really neat. He's got a 12-inch gun with a 2-3-5 damage track, uh, and on a crow, once again from Wild Hunt, when he's targeting something uh, with the Balasaurus Rex is engaged with, but keep in mind, he does not in- ignore engagement. Um, he can trigger uh, a trap to be dropped uh, on the enemy. And this is not 
creating a trap like his bonus action, it's dropped. So when they shoot something with a crow, you get to put the trap underneath the model and they are just stuck there inside that uh, pit trap and they have to take one damage and one injured to do anything uh, like while they're in it, so which we, is great. Oh yeah, because drop, yeah. Although it is, it is artwork fail though, like that he has a clockwork revolver but the artwork is like a like eight millimeter or like a giant like ten millimeter grenade launcher. Like yeah. it's it's huge. Like this giant gun he has definitely not a clockwork revolver. Yeah, well, I don't know what he's hunting with that unless he's going fishing and just t- lobbing a stick of dynamite into the the pool and waiting for everything pond. to float yeah. to the surface. <laughs> I've actually got the models in front of me right now. I'm looking to see. So oh, maybe that one. Oh, oh, so maybe it's actually it's a bear trap launcher with an underslung revolver because he's like holding it over his shoulder, right? And there's a small gun oh. on the bottom. I bet that's what it actually is. One which of them doesn't actually, make any sense, but. One of them actually does have a revolver. It's a hmm. just a pistol. And one of them doesn't have a gun at all. He's just holding a spear and a knife. Weird. Oh wait, he's got a revolver in his belt. Wait, does the one does this one have a revolver? Nope, he just has a grenade launcher. You're right. Yeah. The traditional weapon of the Vitagi huntsman, the grenade launcher. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But that might pair with his uh, the reason why I call them the utility uh, utility infielder is they're on the hunt ability. It's actually really good and really underutilized. So when you hit something with it, you resolve a series of effects in order of what you do. So if, if it's a, one of your beasts, which you'll use this in the beginning a lot, you push the target four inches away from you. And then the target gains adversary apex because all beasts are also living. But do you really care that you gain adversary apex? Not really. Um, if you're going against things like, uh, well, to go down the line, beasts get pushed four inches. Constructs suffer two irreducible damage, which is great because most constructs have armor. If you're living, you gain adversary apex. And if you're undead, you gain injured two. So if you're going against like a Von Stuck crew, you can do two irreducible damage and injured two, which is awesome. Uh, and these things really work. Like they do a whole lot of good. The problem with this ability is you can only do it to the same model once per turn. Uh, Or yeah, you can't do it more than once per activation to the same model. So you can't just do four irreducible damage to that valedictorian that's coming to you and make it injured four. That that's not allowed. Oh, so beasts don't have the living tag. That is living is the tag for humanoid things that, did all Our beasts life. lose? Yeah, no, be- beasts aren't huh? living. You are that, that's, yeah. why, uh, that's why sandworms can't take leadline coat. Yeah, and, <laughs> and beasts suck. drop corpse markers. Like, it, they're treated... Yeah. Yep, yep yeah. you are right. So you just get to push them now. You don't even have to put the adversary apex on them. Yeah. But there are some things in the game that you do get to... Like, uh, Von Stuck's crew do have undead and construct and things like that. So there oh, are yeah. some things that you get to double up on. Yep. But yeah, that's the, the core crew. Usually it includes the Malasaurus, Artemis, and Uller, and, the, and at least one Vitagi Huntsman. And then I pepper in my, uh, my tech picks as needed. Um, the difference that I'd say in the two of these is in a best case scenario where all the stars align 
and you always flip severe for some reason. Uh, we also call these Josh flips. Um, Cooper one will do a nitro shot focus, a nitro shot, and then use explosive ordnance uh, with foul mouth uh, motivation with a model near it for a total of 15 damage with max damage across all those attacks. Uh, if you switch out the explosive ordnance, if you're somehow in range to do it where you can do nitro shot, focus nitro shot, and a charge, you can get it up to 19 damage. Cooper 2 can force a T-Rex to charge. The Rex attacks, then Cooper attacks, discards a card for the Rex to attack. Cooper attacks again, discards a card for the Rex attack, and then lays down a trap to protect yourself. You can get up to 25 damage. Like Now, that's all stars align. Everything is perfect on your turn uh, for Lord Cooper, and things go great, and you don't have a hand afterwards. In your worst-case scenario where you're engaged, I threw in a seven Soulstone Autumn Knight because they are armor one and hard to wound. So they're kind of hardy models uh, and your damage flips hate you uh, and any models that you need to get, get to are eight inches away. Your only option with Cooper one is to attack three times with his maim attack, which will do three damage if you hit each time. Uh, and you can't do your bonus attack to help you in any way. Cooper 2 has all the options of being able to attack with a skinning knife and push your model away from you uh, towards a, trip, a trap marker and then shoot it two times. It's still only three damage, but you're not engaged anymore. Then you can lay a trap to protect you between you. Uh, you can choose to disengage towards the support model. And if it's a beast, obey it to charge the, uh, the model that's next to you. You can choose to disengage, put a pit trap between you, and then shoot at the model two times. Like, there are things that you can do where Cooper 1, in a worst-case scenario, is just stuck there hitting a model for one damage each time. Or two if the model isn't defended. Or it doesn't have, like, armor or something, but that's not a normal situation. Yeah, I noticed something conceptually similar with McMorning, too. Uh, where he just had a lot more options. Like, McMorning 1 can delete a dude, no problem. Uh, but McMorning 2 just had a, a wider range of things. And I don't know if it's the support master versus combat master distinction in this case, where support masters just typically tend to have more tricks uh, rather than just a single ability that you want to use a bunch of times. So this is this is, like you said the support version of Cooper and he's bringing a support toolkit as opposed to just a straight murder stick that he points at people and murders them. And even then he, he wasn't a straight murder master either. I mean, he, with two shots, if he did max damage with it, he could do 14 damage uh, in 14, a turn. 14 damage is a lot of damage. And it's also 14 damage in two, in, in two seven damage chunks which is arguably the best form of damage. Uh, true, true, but, and I'm not, I'm never going to say that his gun is bad. I don't, I don't like how disjointed his kit is in the, where the ranges are so different from each other where like, I can't do a nitro shot and then shoot in with the, uh, the, the shockwave attack. Like you can't do the two of them together. And oh, for sure. It, oh, it for makes sure. it very odd. And, this one is a lot better where I can shoot with the hunters or I can tell a beast near me to charge. It's a six inch range. So, and the 12 inch range on the bow. So if it's within range of me being able to tell it to charge, then I can probably shoot at the model too. So I tell it to charge. It gets an attack the hunter's bow. Uh, I get to shoot and then make another attack from it. I can do, I can heal the model if I need to off of a ram. There's like so many options that you have. A lot of them are suit dependent, but it just, it works better as a whole. And between stealth and his traps, he's, 
he's a lot harder to take down than the original one. He doesn't have that one glaringly obvious weakness of stand next to this guy and he's hosed. Pretty much. So that's like, okay, so one Vitagi Huntsman, one uh, Malasaurus Rex, Artemis and Euler, your zero to three runaways. Um, how many stones are usually taken for Cooper? Um, I I typically stay this way with most masters. I only like to take around three to four uh, stones uh, with most masters, unless it's a summoner and I need like. Then I'll go less with models and more into uh, the. I can get models later by summoning them. I kind of subscribe to the Alex Alex Schmidt uh, line of thinking of the models you bring bring resources to your game for you, and AP is a resource just like everything else. So. Uh, while granted having an, uh, a stone is a good idea, uh, and that's why I bring three or four of them, having five or having 10 AP spread throughout the turn is probably more useful than, you know, an additional four or five stones. So, uh, that's just my way of thinking when I go into things, uh, but stones are useful for uh, a lot of things. Plus yeah. you can gain them back by shooting a runaway if he needs to. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I've I've always gone typically low soul stones. I'd rather have models, but uh, but okay. But so that puts you at about say like 31. 31, 32 points or stones for that. So you've it's like a little over half, um, two thirds. Yep. So like, what is like the? I assume the rest of your crew then is like seasoned to taste from a whole slew of things in, in the dock. You've got a whole bunch listed here. Do you, I, I, I do. Do you, um, want, do you want to take a break and then we can yeah. go through the, yep. All right. There's probably, there's, there's too many here to talk about all at once. So hang with us. There's quite a few potential tech picks, uh, which Jeff will regale us with. So stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Let's hear all about the tech picks. So we've got 28-ish stones to play with. What What is you going mean, into that, and when are you picking which things? You mean 18? Uh, yes, 18. Math. It's math, yes. Yes, math is good. So we'll start with uh, the new model, the Empyrean Eagle. Uh, it's a fast scheme, scheme runner that can shoot without uh, needing line of sight. Uh, which is all cool and everything because it's good on the edges. However, I think this model was more designed for a Marcus crew uh, because in this crew between Artemis and Uller, you don't really need an additional scheme runner. They are really good as it is. And I have a different tech pick later that can accomplish schemes better. So I don't usually take the Empyrean Eagle uh, with me whenever I, I come. It's, it is, it's, that's more of a taste thing for me. Uh, but you know, maybe when the model comes out, I'll love them to death, but, uh, and Marcus where he can add different things to them and make them better. It's probably a lot better than, uh, what they, or what they are in this crew. Uh, so that's my thoughts on the Eagle. Uh, if you have any questions about that, the austere and twig redux, you mean? Yeah. I mean like movement seven though, for five points seems like a pretty good scheme runner with flight. Yeah, but uh, as like as an example, you get all that good stuff plus uh, stealth with Marcus, and they become outstanding scheme runners. Uh, for you, you already have models that can go uh, 
like 18 inches of the board. Uh, the Eagle doesn't, I mean, it, it, and Artemis and Uller, or at least Artemis ignores uh, severe terrain. So you're not really too concerned about that. So uh, okay. some people will take them, uh, but with me, I want Artemis and Uller around because they are multifaceted models. Um, I have used the Eagle uh, to, to sit around and pepper people, uh, but it's step four on its attack. It's kind of meh, so it doesn't usually hit. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. Okay. And I'll for anyone that's asking, uh, I, I don't use the Harpooner. I don't think they're very good, so we're going to skip the Harpooner and his crew because uh, they. I just don't believe that they're good in either. Uh, either of the crews that they belong in, either this or EBS, they're just kind of not good models. They're, they, they're too expensive. All right. So who is who are you actually picking then? So we've covered two that you don't particularly like. Who Who is actually coming in for that coveted 18 points? So sometimes uh, that these are all tech picks. It all depends on strat schemes, what the board looks like, and things like that. Uh, I'll sometimes bring in a Crypsis Core, uh, and that's because their Beneath the Leaves ability is just amazing paired with traps. They can stand between two traps, or at least they can stand within three inches of a trap, and they extend that trap's aura outward for all enemy not models, but not friendly models, which means it kind of defends itself with that trap nearby, making a severe hazardous aura of one damage and one injured. And you don't want to go in on them because that aura is around them, but you need to deal with them because they can have a 24 inch uh, attack with a four five, six damage track uh, with their, uh, with their guns and they get the double critical strike trigger because if you have a condition on you, uh, they get an automatic suit of their choice built in and all you have to do is have another Ram and you're getting shot to the face with four damage. So men four. uh, they can be really good. Their downsides are they are heavily reliant on sight lines. So if you don't have good sight lines on the board, you're probably going to leave them at home. Uh, but but they do ignore friendly fire and they ignore cover with their shots. So uh, the only thing they don't ignore is concealment, um, which they usually have a focused shot that they're using at the same time uh, because they have nothing better to do with their their actions other than shoot their rifle. They can also remove scheme markers from a pretty long distance away, uh, and you can't tie them up in melee because they're quick retreat bonus actions. So they're they're decent models uh, and it forces your, your opponent can't just sit back at the other end of the board uh, and wait for you. Cause they're going to get picked off by this dude's uh, sniper shots uh, and they do hurt. So um, the other model is a lover take model. Uh, and oddly enough, he's model nine. <laughs> um, the reason why he's lover take is he's a very good defensive model with a high defense and uh, a, uh, the armor of two. The problem is that he's only seven wounds for a nine soul stone model, which means that if they ignore, um, if they ignore armor, he dies very quickly. Uh, the good things that I can say about him is uh, that he can pair nicely with the Rex. He gets uh, a execute trigger on his twirling blades. So if he charges into something that the, Mal- the Malasaurus Rex is engaged with, each attack that he does can be an execute attack automatically. Um, and he's surprisingly fast. He can move around the, the field very quickly, being able to teleport to models with his throw knife on a severe. And he can also use his burst of steep speed to kind of do a semi uh, leap. So uh, he's quick, but sometimes if you are able to counter tech against him, he dies very quickly. 
Yeah, I imagine though, as you pointed out before, in a if you're expecting them to take Cooper two, the likelihood of you specifically teching for anti armor not as high. That's true, uh, and I think Model Nine will see more play with Cooper two now because in Cooper one he came with armor, and Model Nine was his premier flagship henchmen that came with his crew so you're like oh armor two model armor one hint, uh, master like i should probably bring some anti-armor but now that you have to worry about the beasts and they're the big worry in the crew i think model nine might see some more play the teching against armor is probably even more so because of the existence of calypso you always want to tech against armor against a explorer society crew because fucking calypso <laughs> it's funny you mentioned yeah. calypso because my next uh, pick is actually Dr. Beeb and Calypso. And the How many why, points is that? The two uh, of them together? Just 12. Yeah, it's just 12. Okay. So, so that's, same that's as Euler and, uh, and um, Artemis. I mean, so that's basically of your 18 that you're playing with. So you're potentially going Beeb, Calypso, and then upgrade or extra stones. Or you're going Model 9 and a, one of these other models. Um, usually, usually it depends on the strats and schemes. Okay. Um, sometimes I'll throw in a sandworm or, uh, or the damned. I'll get, I'll get to those later. But, um, okay. if I bring Calypso, I'm also bringing Dr. B and typically, uh, in the first action, B will activate and he'll drop a scheme marker. Uh, cause he can do that with his beeps and sweeps. All you need is a tome. Uh, you mean and, scrap marker. Oh yeah. Sorry. Scrap marker. All he needs is a, a tome, which automatically gets changed to a nine of tomes, which is exactly what he needs to drop scrap marker. So a one of tomes becomes a nine of tomes for him. Uh, and then once he drops that scrap marker, he just ejects himself out of Calypso and will stand around that scrap marker and focus and do all other forms of good stuff that he needs to, uh, back in the back, uh, while Calypso then walks forward and picks up a runaway and then the runaway drives Calypso running around the field and becomes not useless. <laughs> it's just this guy in a loincloth driving in a giant robot. Yeah, but uh, the it. runaway's actions actually become useful at that point. So, like, he's just, uh, I'll start by first running the runaway back, and then I'll have Beeb drop the uh, scrap marker and then jump out of Calypso, and then Calypso will activate and go walk forward and pick up the runaway and uh, starting on turn two i now and if you destroy calypso it's okay because b will just make a new calypso jump inside and then i'll go right back to bringing calypso up the board and it's not like even though calypso only has a move of four it's not like he's slow because he can move 12 inches in a turn like yeah he's it, not slow it's <laughs> deceptively fa- i've played again i have played against calypso a bunch of times and it's stupid fast and you don't think it's gonna be and then you're like oops here yeah, and uh, what's really cool is when Calypso blows up, uh, he takes up most of the life of the runaway, yes. and then you just shoot the runaway and you get a soul stone. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's thematic, because it thematic. He, he jumped in this machine, and he's like, I'm free, I'm free, and then the enemy killed it, and then Cooper's like, no, you're not, boom, shot to the head. So uh, I, I love that that combination just because it makes these runaways actually fun and people are like, wait, what are you doing? And I'm like, yep, it's completely legal. Christ, what an asshole. <laughs> uh, the other thing, uh, and these next two models are, are kind of big uh, with Cooper and particularly Cooper 2. You would never take them in Cooper 1. 
But if there's a lot of severe terrain on the board, I'll bring the Sandworm in. Uh, he is a massive hulk of a monster uh, with good damage and potential uh, for three attacks a turn. And he can put up his own hazardous aura. Um, people don't usually like playing with him when there's sparse terrain on the board. But he's still move five, which is the average for most things. And actually above average for explorer society so he can still walk across the board he can still get pushed by uh by your models because he is a beast so he can still move around the board even if you don't bury him he just doesn't get that extra attack um and in a pinch you always have the option of having him jump up in a pit track marker and suffering the the downsides of that but sometimes it's something that you you may need to do um so the sandworm is is an option uh the damned is also really damned good um, he's got a great attack. He has an awesome damage spread with that attack. Uh, he's got a six inch breath weapon. That's, uh, doesn't suffer from any, it's not a, a gun of any kind. Uh, and when Cooper does his little heal, uh, the new, uh, Cooper two from his ranged attack, uh, it triggers the chronicle effect, uh, so that you can do an additional point of damage to the thing that's around that model. So, uh, those two models are also really good. They're both beasts. So Cooper can make them do additional attacks, uh, and they just pair really well with them. Unfortunately, uh, Cooper two did not get the, uh, beast master ability. So you do have to pay one soul stone extra for them. And my last two that I have to talk about, uh, they can, they don't necessarily have to come together, but Mr. Nagatoro, uh, is an obey, uh, henchman, which is just good to begin with. And when he obeys models, they take, get a plus one to their attack actions because of Cooper's, uh, ability, which is just good. Uh, any kind of obeys are really awesome. Uh, and his backroom dealings ability is also a really nice uh, ability to have where you can just look at your opponent's hand. Uh, but he pairs well with the Night Silk Creeper, who is also a beast. Uh, he's fast, can potentially go up to 25 inches in a turn with jumping to a web and moving. Uh, he can do three attacks in a turn as well if he has webs around him. Uh, and uh, if he uses the web strand ability to something that's stuck inside a, uh, a trap, uh, the average movement of most models uh, or most models within a faction is five. Uh, so he reduces that down to three with staggered. Uh, so they're only moving an inch and a half, which doesn't help them to clear the trap. So they can't clear the trap in one go, uh, which gives them basically injured uh, two and two damage when they try to get out of a trap, which kind of gets them stuck there. Plus between Nagatora and the Night Silk Creeper, they can do a lot of poison shenanigans that other people can look into, but uh, it's, the, these are more fun options, but they are kind of fun to take together and running up a flank. So what are you, okay. So you, so it sounds like the packages are, uh, Beeb and Calypso is one. Yep. And then the other is some combination of like two of the other models you just mentioned. Like when are you picking which, like what's your thought process there? Uh, so if it's a really heavy scheme pool, uh, it'll like bring, scheme, like scheme schemes. Yeah, like running schemes, uh, taking needing uh, to take a scheme or needing to go interact, capture. an interact yeah. heavy. Yep. Okay. Uh, carrying a lodestone, things like that. Are usually take yeah. Beeb and Calypso, uh, because they're usually very good at that. Um, yep. and maybe the Imperian Eagle with it because the Imperian Eagle is move seven and can get between things very easily. Um, if it's a place where I have to take and hold a point. I'll usually do something like a Crypsis Core uh, and 
usually like a Crypsis core and then more Vitagi Huntsman put out more of those traps and things like that. Um, if it's a kill heavy pool, I'll take a Sandworm and the Damned uh, because they're both very massive beater models. And now my uh, Malasaurus Rex is not the only thing you have to worry about. You've got to worry about Cooper, the Sandworm, the Damned, and the Malasaurus Rex, all of which can wreck your whole world um, in combination with each other. Uh, and then if I want to have some fun with the uh, the poison, uh, I'll have Uller and Artemis run up one flank while Nagatoro and the Creeper run up the other flank. And then the two of them together, uh, and then uh, the other, the, my core base of Cooper, uh, the, um, the Malasaurus Rex and uh, the Vitagi Huntsman will take up the middle. Uh, and you can try to go after Uller and Artemis, but now you have Nagatora and the Night Silk Creeper, and they're not slouches. They can really wreck your world if you try to send a simple scheme runner after them to stop them. So you got three flanks that you have to worry about, and, and the only one that you can easily do is Artemis and Uller, but Uller can discard a card to go to the other side of the board. So it's, uh, it's a hard thing to account for. That makes sense. So when okay, so when are you taking Cooper? Like if you if we were playing uh, the you know to steal a concept from Third Foe Wars, the pool party concept, like where is where is Cooper going? Which strategies? Which which type of missions? So it's kind of blase to say, but uh, Cooper is a generalist master. Uh, he can play into anything. I don't think he's necessarily the best at uh, at anything, but I mean he, he's not Nexus, so no, he's he's not Nexus, and he's not uh, new new Jedza, which is like extraordinarily killy uh, while still being hard to kill. He's not, uh, you know, he's not going to be the super scheme runners and the two scheme. He is very good at running schemes. Uh, but Artemis and Uller can be taken into any crew, and they're the ones that really do the bulk of the work there. God, it sounds so, like you never take Cooper. Um, it's, not, <laughs> it's not that. It's just uh, maybe explorers are, uh, have a wealth of uh, fun things to pick from. But uh, what I'll take Cooper in is uh, typically something where I get one of those odd scheme pools where it's like, hey, uh, your strat is you have to go... Um, I don't even have the strat, the strats and schemes in front of me, but it'll be like a skinny strat where I've got to go uh, take control over or like corrupted your, your ley turf lines. Your corrupted ley yeah, lines. You or, and then the scheme pull is all like all about killing where like, I need to have models that move around quickly, but I also need to have models where I can kill you. Uh, and it's for those, those tournament games where, the tournament organizer just went into the Malifaux app and pressed, pressed random without thinking about it. That's when I'm going to take uh, Cooper into it uh, because he can play into it and accomplish all things. Uh, maybe not the uh, singular best as some of the other masters, but he is versatile enough that he can do all of them. Oh, that does sound like one of those handcrafted scheme pools where you're trying to pick a balance of different things. So you can't have a singular focused Oh, everything's murder. Oh, everything's interacting. So that might come up more frequently than you'd think. Yeah, well, stranger things have happened. I mean, it seems not bad. But uh, in general, uh, I didn't like, like, like I mentioned, I didn't like the other Cooper. I felt he was very focused on like, hey, this Cooper is designed to kill things. And he was just kind of okay at it. 
and his crew was designed to be like, oh, hey, or I completely skipped over the, the Vitagi's huntsman, uh, huntsman ability. If if you are damaged by a pit trap within eight inches of him, a model in your, in your crew gets to make a free shot at the model that uh, got damaged by it. <laughs> Seems like a bit of an oversight. <laughs> bit of an oversight there. Uh, but he his crew is very good at holding points. Um, where he can get to a point, he can put up uh, traps all around uh, where if you want to come in, you're going to have to deal with those traps or you're going to kill yourself. Uh, because coming in, if you charge, I don't care what master you're using, if you charge your master in and you give it uh, four, four or five damage plus injured from coming into a pit trap and deciding to go all in on something, you may kill my Malasaurus Rex or you know Model 9 or something that I've stuck out there for you but your master's going to die too. Cause now it's at like defense one <laughs> and it's going to die. Yeah. That, uh, that seems good. So, uh, sounds real mean, hard play against lots of very nasty things. What counterplay do you have against, uh, Cooper two in, in terms of both crew building and in terms of actual play, what would you do to, to stop him? If you knew you were going up to face him, so with Cooper 2, um, you want to take out his large beasts quickly. Uh, don't the an inexperienced player is usually going to uh, run their Malasaurus Rex in to get it killed off quickly. Uh, better players will do something else to draw you in. Uh, sometimes I'll use Model 9 to put him out there because with Cooper 2, the Malasaurus Rex is way more... Uh, way more of a key piece than model nine is. So I'll stick model nine out there expecting you to come in after him. Then I'll have the Malasaurus come in afterwards to, to do the cleanup. The big thing is to watch out for that sandworm because it can pop up and uh, it, it can ruin days. I've had uh, a lot of times where, you know, somebody went all in on their, with their master on the Malasaurus Rex and we're like, ha ha, the Malasaurus Rex is dead now. And then the sandworm comes out and eats their master because the sandworm can also do min three attacks that I get to do multiple times with Cooper shooting at you. So uh, those are things that you need to watch out for. Uh, but one of the big things, no matter which Cooper you're playing is you want to take out Artemis and Uller very quickly. They're there for a reason. And usually that reason is going to be running scheme markers. They're not hard to kill, but they're very fast and you need to work on taking them out. They, uh, one of them has, I think six wounds and the other one is seven. So uh, you should dedicate some resources and them trying to take them out. And your typical five cost scheme runner is not going to do it. Uh, they will tear that thing to pieces because they are enforcers and they both, even though they both cost six, they can easily take out uh, little five and six souls, uh, soul scheme runners that are on the edges. So the, whoever that stupid, uh, what Torakage uh, that you're running out on the edges, it's not there. It's going to get eaten by the dogs. So dedicate at least a beater towards taking them out. Or guns. What I heard is guns. I mean, yes. guns. Who uses guns, honestly? Uh, we wrestlers are a more civilized lot. We <laughs> fight with filthy claws and ghosts. <laughs> What's a ghost? Uh, those things that consume the entirety of your crew. Come on, Jeff. We just had Halloween. Yeah, ghost, ghosts for yesterday. They don't. They are not allowed to come anymore. You have to. You <laughs> have to ghosts. field elves and uh, turkeys now. Yeah, turkey. Only birds. I only guess. birds. Uh, how about giant <laughs> only, mecha birds? Start, starting up your only birds website. Uh. 
man. All right, cool. So, all right. So at, at the end of this, um, I guess coming back to the question I was thinking from earlier, like, are you ever going to take Cooper one? Um, I will not because I do not like him. I'm not going to say that he's a bad master. I don't like his Rube Goldberg machine of like putting down the traps and having to rely on them to have Cooper get extra shots with his rifle and hoping that that rifle is the thing that takes things out. And the bad thing about that is when you run into a crew that makes a lot of concealing terrain, it just makes Cooper's day way worse. And I don't like Cooper one. So other people really like Cooper one and will call me crazy. I just, I don't like him and I don't like how the way that he plays. Uh, I prefer Cooper two and he just works in my play style way better than the first one did. Fair enough. All right. Well, there you have it folks. Um, when you hear this episode, let, let us know if you think Jeff is wrong. Uh, How long do you think Jeff is? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot of replies to that. They're going, oh, October one's the greatest. They they wouldn't even ask what the question it was or what Jeff said. They'll just chime in with pointing out that Jeff is wrong. Yeah. Are well, we, are we, okay. All right. Well, are that, we talking about our fans fair. or are we talking about Herman? <laughs> <laughs> are you saying Herman isn't our biggest fan? Herman is our fan. Uh, we miss you in baby jail there, Herman. Uh, hopefully you get paroled. One of these I days. could only imagine how this podcast would have gone if Herman were here. And I'm like, I don't really like Cooper. What? what? You're crazy. He's the best. He just argues with me to argue. <laughs> I mean, that's what the listeners want to hear. That's what mm. I think. But we're, uh, not, we're not here for mild takes. We're not here for cold takes. Uh, I, I have one more tip to our fans about Cooper. Um, don't be stupid like me where I took the sandworm and decided to use this hazardous aura when I was playing against uh, Herman's <laughs> I, I, I used this hazardous aura when I was playing against Herman's uh, Frontier Army, and it specifically does not say anything about friendly or enemy. It says Frontier models are not affected by it. So it didn't affect his crew at all, but my guys couldn't go in it. It was not a fun day. I was like, hey, you should read your cards before you use abilities. That is the second worst thing I've ever seen done with a sandworm. That's, that's pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to charge your sandworm. And I'm like, okay, you take a point of damage. He's like, no, I'm not on Frontier. But if you come near me, you're going to take a point of damage. I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, shoot. Nice. All right, cool. Well, there there we have it. Um, I think that's a wrap for another episode of the Capital City Crew Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your feed soon. Uh, let us know if there's any topics you want us to talk about. Um, be it masters or just general topics or you know, really anything having to do with Malfo. So talk to you all soon. Catch you later. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Capital City Crew Podcast. We hope you tune in next time.